0: Gentlemen,
1: start your engine. Good afternoon, Radio For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about uh, that. Um, um, technical goodies. Radio
2: Hotline. Hot, 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 oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Ah. Radio. G'day viewers, and uh, welcome to yet another
3: Radio Hot Lap
2: episode. So, it's not raining today, so we're outside in the in the back garden of the new place. It's very good. I've got my regular co-host, How are you? I'm very really? well. Thank you, Johnny. How are you going? Good. And um, also, we have a, a guest with us, um, Graham Garden from The Goodies. <laughs> Hey, howdy hey! <laughs> <laughs> he's come to help us out a little bit, and I think if you listen this far, you'll realise he's already helped us somewhat.
1: Yes, we have to apologise for the absolutely diabolical audio of last week's episode. It was all done in rather a rush when John moved into his new premises, and uh, well, we didn't really get much right at all, and it was pissing down with rain, so we had to be inside. Uh, this week we've got the luxury of being outside, and Graham's come round to help us out and tell us all the things we did wrong. So how many were there Graham?
4: Well firstly you should never have recorded inside that rainwater tank in the first place. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> this is Adelaide. <laughs> you guys have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to audio. But that's okay. Because I'm here to save the day. Oh, and we well very
2: much uh, appreciate that. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. 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 That's great. And cheers. Um, by the way just... Uh, what do you having today anyway?
1: Oh, back on the Coopers mate. Coopers? The bloke who runs this place, that's all he had in the fridge. I've got a, uh, a
2: luxurious VB in a recently acquired Stellar Glass. have got a few more Stellar Glasses than we
1: expected, but. Uh, Is that sacrilege though, drinking a, a VB from a Stellar Glass or vice versa? I'm hoity toity. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that sounds fair to me. Yep,
2: yeah. so Graham, go and let us have it. What did we do right? Nothing.
4: Okay, well, um, one of the major problems being in a room that reflected noise left, right, and centre, so. Um, Next time, if you do do it inside, put all those curtains down because it was reflecting off of the glass and uh, also off of the the walls and the floors. So that's why it sounded like it was inside of a rainwater tank. So, but uh, you've got to all under control. Being out here, it's beautiful. It would be a much better sound out here. Well, that's beautiful good to hear. On the beyond. only thing
1: we've got to worry about now is the kids running down the street and the occasional jet aircraft and the dog barking and no, but that's life, isn't it? Well, it is.
2: <laughs> so. I- There's probably many other people who are trying to do podcasts and running into the same sort of uh, problems because it's you know all the other stuff I seem to be okay with audio no idea no no at all.
4: Well, you you can always do things like do a little audio course, so uh, which is what I'm doing. Yep. Uh, Oh, tell us a bit about the course. Yeah. Get on down to the uh, the School of Audio Engineering. So I'm doing that on Waymouth Street in Adelaide and uh, learning bundles of, of information that. Everyone just takes for granted. So, you know, we take for granted a radio station, you know, it always sounds great, but it's amazing what goes on in the background to make it sound great. So, and there's always room for improvement. So, Absolutely. So, you know.
2: I think we're making a big one this week.
4: Yeah, indeed. It sounds oh, great. I
1: hope so. It should sound fantastic. All right, we'll come back to well, audio, you, but um, yep.
2: uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes with a couple of phone calls we're going to have well, today. Well, what are we
1: going to talk about anyway? We'd better right. give people an idea of what we're going to well, talk about well, today. You've got the list. Well I know, I've got A-list. Well
2: I didn't uh, write right one down, I'm b- just following today. I'm oh, all right.
1: well, you were following last week. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm fluffy, i fluffy. Okay, well I've got a note here about A1GP stuff, but since neither of us watched it, because we no, were both I've, too busy. Well we saw the Japanese drink too many sakis in the,
2: in the media <laughs> centre before he went into turn one. <laughs> and that tore up a bit of cash.
1: Yeah, obviously we're going to preview Simmons planes this weekend. Um, we'd probably touch on the V8 supercars, but obviously we're going to very heavily go into the utes and uh, where everyone's at. How heavily are you talking about? Like well, Ian McAllister heavy? <laughs> no, not that heavy. Um, we have a couple of phone calls as well. I think we're um, going to ring a couple of people from the V8 utes category.
2: Well, we weren't, but they rang us and then we'll ring them back.
1: Well, that's all right. We'll yeah, we surprise can, always, you we can always ring them back. That's good. Um, I've got a couple of notes here about um, the Elfin Streamliner. Uh, Peter Brock's had a drive of it. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, apparently Mark Webber's gonna be uh, in Simmons Plains this weekend. What are you doing, looking for a drive? No, I don't <laughs> think Brabs so. Brabs is I down there. I see Brabham has
2: taken over from, from Ritter, they flicked Ritter, Ritter, Ritter out of the Ritter out of the out of the FBR <laughs> car Ritter, and, and because, because Brabham is, is under ProDrive employee a lot of the time with the Aston Martin programme, so because we've been talking about Aston Martin a lot. So he's uh, he's down at Simmons Plains, getting okay. more frequent flyer miles up there.
1: And uh, obviously we'll do a little bit of techie stuff, maybe where the iPod's heading, we've got a few rumours on that score.
2: Uh, will we'll, he'll definitely be able to help us out on that, I mean you've got the finger on the pulse of what the public want.
4: I've got the finger on everyone's pulse when it comes to iPods. Uh, what's, yeah. the, what's
2: the game mate, what's happening, what, what's, how's it the, 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 how going?
4: Well there's a brand new iPod just being released, which is a video iPod. We did that so, last week, so just tell so us how they're selling. So you guys probably heard all about it, yeah. uh, but I've got to say it looks absolutely magnificent. So. I'm a bit of a skeptic because I see this stuff every day, but uh, the video display was beautiful. Very nice. So, nice and thin. Everything about it is just classy. So well,
1: we might as well go straight into the rumours now. Then about the next one. Well,
2: the next one. Well, I mean, it's just interesting to note that the uh, the, the Broadcom video chip used inside the existing uh, five, fifth generation iPod is already capable of a resolution 640 by 480, which is pretty much American NTSC resolution. So um, you know, sticking to the widescreen format 640 by 480 shouldn't once be a, shouldn't be a problem once there is a display that has that many pixels on it. So. Um,
1: does that mean they're going to go sideways, or is there enough room on the existing model to actually make the screen that oh, much bigger?
2: Very sideways. I'd sideways. go sideways.
1: Well, I'd probably go like sideways it. too. Like but side-way. if you look at that existing video iPod, there's actually room to make the screen bigger on the thing without moving the click wheel. So it'd be interesting to see which way they jump.
2: Well, that's good. And um, uh, yeah, Apple sold a million videos over their their, their music
1: store. That'll be why we can't buy any black. We can't get hold of any black ones then. What do you mean? You can have any colour you like, as long as it's white.
2: Well, they're not a colour, are they?
1: I don't know whether that's racist, but uh, there you go.
2: And speaking of sideways, um, we're going to be having probably, well, there might be a race to it, our first female guest, Linda Long, the uh, Targa Tasmania co-driver, who uh, has just recently stopped racing, but we'll probably start again as, as <laughs> whenever, soon as Targa comes along. <laughs> whenever she home. finds
1: a driver, she can be co-driver for it.
2: She's going to wing her wing, wing her way down here to in the here, to um
1: <laughs> When? <laughs> probably a couple, two or three weeks. Two or three weeks time. Yes. Okay, well there you go. Oh, Rally fans, there's something to look forward to. Well,
2: she's a tarmac specialist, and she came so. um, split uh, Jim Richards and and, and Peter Brock, uh, getting fourth place with her co-driver Warwick Rookland in the Evo Seven. Um, uh, the year before, I had a bit of a had a bit of a, a nasty off in the last uh, last day down there um, this year. So
1: um, and that, that uh, shook her up a bit. But um, yeah, you anyway, more girls to marry. It. Absolutely. Well, while we're on uh, while we're on rallying, I guess it's probably time to mention the news that everybody's already heard. But nevertheless, Subaru are out of the Australian <coughs> Rally Championship after ten years. It's uh, been a very successful ten years for them, and they're yeah, obviously it. leaving on a high. They've had uh, three wins in the last three for uh, Cody Crocker, and seven previous to that were all possum. Chips. Um, Apparently uh, next year, in a minute, I'm talking (laughs) Crocker's going to team up with Les Walkden who's a bit of a rally specialist and guru and um, they're supposed to be uh, throwing a lot of money uh, including some of Subaru's money allegedly uh, even though they're pulling out as a a main force themselves into a new 2006 spec uh, Rex Right-hand drive, jobby, all ready for next year. So that should be very interesting for uh, for the rallying scene. It just at least it means that Cody's still flowing away in there.
2: Why, uh, mate? Come back to Webber. why is Weber coming down to Tasmania? I mean, is, he's, it, he's it, a special it, guest, at the India.
1: Tasmanian president, uh, a premier, yep. whatever. He's at Simmons Plains and he's looking at the um, hanging out that? with Ricky Ponding as well. And um, the Ferrodo Triple Challenge. Do you know what this Ferrodo Triple Challenge is? He's going Three to be days a of beer drink. drinking.
2: <laughs> Three <laughs> What's that? Cascade? Oh no! Well, I went around South. Uh, James I, Bogues? I couldn't get a cascade anywhere. It was a Bogues bogues town. Yeah. Everywhere. Right. There you go. Maybe it's Tobart where you get the cascades. It could be. Do you sorry. know Graham?
4: Never been there actually. I would love to go, but never been there. I keep having to do dodge the great whites. So and, you uh, have to I'd swim back.
1: You have to drink the JB's in Tasmania, where JB comes from.
2: All right, let's get on to some relevant stuff. Um, Off tomorrow to to Simmons Plains, yep, for the final round of the V8 Ute Racing Championship. And we've got got a pretty uh, interesting event coming up because we've got six possible winners.
1: Yeah, it's going to be uh, incredibly good racing and let's hope the coverage is a hell of a lot better than it was at uh, Indy.
2: Damian White's on top, and it's going to be—it's uh, going to take a, a real mishap for him to, him to fall apart on that. Uh, we, we did. I chatted to him a little while ago, and I did invite him to come onto the show, but he was getting on a plane, so he sent his apologies and said he'll be chatting to everyone next year, uh, next week, but next year as well. Mm. Um, and if he gets the championship, he'll definitely be chatting. Uh, locked on um, the same points, the second is uh, Ryle Harris and Mark Sakanovic. And um, that's going to be a hard one to pick—one Ford, one Holden. Mm. I I would have to put my money down if I was a betting man, but uh, which I'm not. Um, And that's a pity because I would have made six grand on the Melbourne Cup, seven grand if I'd listened (laughs) to someone. (laughs) For six bucks, I'd be putting my money on Marcus on the basis that he has had more track time down there than Ryle, and also has a, a very good finishing rate, being on pole and also fastest lap there last time but that 's not taking anything away from Ryle, he 's a, he's a very very hard charger, and
1: either way it 's going to be a um, it 's going to be a, um, a spectacular oh, a, a, I'm sure a b- be a great finish to the uh, v eight season um, Do you think mm-hmm. that the actual uh, the setup of of the cars i mean like from Malala earlier um, going for a for a drive in the uh, in the Holden versus a drive in the Ford and the way they handle differently but but that the Simmons Plains actually favors one one make over the other to be fair
2: I've not been to Simmons Plains before
1: I've right. only been to Tassie
2: once before and and I don't really know I've only seen it from television it's about the only track in Australia I don't think I've been to but look I mean you you um you were at Malala, and James Brock took you around in the in the in the Holden and you then got directly out and you got into the Cooper's Ford uh, Palo racing car with Alan Simonson and you you had the direct back-to-back comparison, I I haven't had that opportunity, what did you think?
1: I think it's, well they're definitely both different beasts, Uh, the Holden felt a lot looser in the rear, in fact it felt so loose you were were sure it was going to come unglued on the corners but but it got round them very nicely. And obviously they have to run soft rears in both cars because there's no weight in the back as such, Um, and you are driving a ute after all. Uh, I think the Holden was probably uh, harder under brakes. It seemed that when uh, James Brock was driving me around that uh, he could actually get on the anchors a hell of a lot later, uh, which was quite scary the first time we went out. (laughs) Because I kept thinking, oh well there's the 200 metre brake marker, when's he actually going to start hitting the pedals? So, I don't know. it's to me. It, it possibly favours the Ford, looking at the layout of Simmons and the, and the long straight and the hairpin. Um, if 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 the handling's good, but then you know if the Holdens can get can get on the brakes that little bit later, then maybe it will be uh, better for the better for the Holdens.
2: Well, we've only got a um, first race is twelve laps down there, uh, and another twelve lap reverse and a, and a fifteen lapper for the final that's a little bit more than what we usually have um, we usually get six or seven or eight laps or something yeah. like that so, so you think they might run out of brakes no I don't think that I just what I was about to say is if I was going for a longer race I'd be picking the Holden and yep. when you go to New Zealand I would say that that, that uh, in in uh, at Manfield for the first week of February where there's going to be a you know a, a driver swap in a one-hour or maybe even two-hour race it's going to be a much more pleasant car to drive, I b- believe, over time, uh, mm. just, just simply for the driver's comfort. But you know, well, they're not there for the comfort; they're there to just uh, to get the points. Do a job, and that's what they do. Well, we what? might um, we might get someone on the phone then and um, and have a chat. I think we should. How about we get Jack Elsgood from Cooper's Pale Ale Racing? Okay. He's um, done very well. Uh, won the last race at at Surfers. Surfers. Yep. And uh, yeah he was pretty happy about all that.
1: I'm sure he was. A nice big trophy to take home.
2: Well there's a story to that too.
1: Is there? I bet we shouldn't go there though. <laughs> oh,
2: well I always do that. I always screw up the phone call.
1: You do. Because people I'm... are still counting the beeps as you do it you know. But so I do this I do this numbers. to confuse That's them. That's right, well right, I'm confused. <laughs>
2: Oh, that'd be right. He's a real estate developer. He'd be selling something for sure. We'll get him a little <laughs> later on. All right. Well, we'll see when we're going to talk to someone. We'll get uh, our old trusty um, Marcus Sakanovic, who has uh, said, look, can I come and do more on the show? Um, he it, likes us. He's a bit of a talent.
1: On his tech head.
2: <laughs> I have got his um, his MPEG-2 camera here, but I'm having a bit of trouble with it. It's not... It's not. It's not the camera's fault. Something. I it's just getting content out of MPEG two and getting it into an editing tool is damn hard.
1: Well, maybe when he first answers the phone, we should tell him you've dropped it, and well, where does it have to go for warranty repairs?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can ask him about the colour of the iPod he wants. Ah, yeah? uh, Marcus Zakanovic. It's John Harden, JP from Radio Hotlap. How are you, son?
3: G'day, fellas. How's he going?
2: Good. Good. Thank you, Marcus. The first question JP's got is about your new iPod.
1: Yeah, what colour do you want? White or white?
3: Oh, uh, did, did I get the stiff and got no black?
1: No, mate, no black at all. Oh,
3: uh, do Well, uh, I reckon white's on the cards then.
1: Well, sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just try to make it not a Damien white. Oh, uh, now don't do
3: that. My most fierce rival. Come
1: on. Just fierce. <laughs> fierce, fierce. He's pretty fierce.
3: fierce well. those glasses and all.
2: Well, Marcus, it's Wednesday before Simmons Plains. You've got some pretty busy duties down there. Not only uh, doing your best to take bag the title from um, from Damien, let alone keep Ryle Harris away from that uh, second place position, you're also you're busy in the Commodore Cup car.
3: Yeah, we're uh, obviously trying to defend the title. Well, try and take the title in the Ute, but also at the same time trying to uh, jump up into the into the podium positions in the Commodore Cup series.
2: Um. If you were going to be driving a car down there, like, um, other than your own, you know, like, forget that you're a Ford or a Holden driver, would you feel a Ford or Holden was going to work better down there? Well,
3: in my opinion, you category, You're looking at, uh, I think the Falcons might be a better package down there, because they, see, they seem to be a slightly better car on brakes, and Simmons Plains being quite a, uh, a very basic track, it's just like two drag strips, it uh, would suit the Falcons quite well, and obviously Commodore Cup, you don't have much of a say in what you race other than the Commodore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Do you like the track?
3: It's not a bad track, it's not I suppose fulfilling as a driver it's it's very simple and very basic, but um, it can be quite fun.
4: Yeah, uh,
1: um, yeah. with the Commodore Cup, Marcus, yep. Um do you think that, uh, I mean, all things being equal, you've got a lot, a lot of different sort of various Commodores in, in that category. Um, do you feel that any, any particular uh, model has got an advantage over the other one? I mean, like, is a, a, you know, a VS better than a VH or whatever, whatever?
3: Well, at the moment, I think, obviously, being pretty much drag strips, the VS is, um, is a better, better car aerodynamically. And uh, that should sort of come out on top, I think, with uh, over the old VH. But in saying that too, there was a couple of VHs that were pretty quick last year, so they might be just as quick again this year. So it's, it's really up in the air to see who's going to come out at the top. But a lot of the cars running at the front this series are all Vs's. So, but yeah, it should be interesting. Interesting to see.
2: After your Oran Park campaign in the Commodore Cup, I remember you telling me that. The car was, was, was very good but it took about three or four laps before it to come on uh, um, on online. whereas uh, Jeff Emery's car seemed to be pretty much good straight out of the box. Is that a circuit specific thing or just a case of the development on the car hasn't been as as acute as maybe Jeff's has?
3: Yeah, it's um, we haven't done much testing in the car at all. I think only the only testing we've done over the years um, we've had I think two days out of Calder Park and Call the park. Obviously, is not the best track to test that because it's very simple. Again, but um, yeah, it just we just seem to haven't got a hold of the fine tuning just yet. But it's um, some of the bigger circuits like Eastern Creek and Phillip Island. It actually plays quite well because you sort of want the car to last the distance over the race rather than sort of come out of the gate guns blazing and then all of a sudden you've got nothing to work with about mid race. So. I'm sort of happy with the way the car is at the minute, but, um, yeah, it would be nice, I suppose, if it come on a little bit quicker, a little bit earlier, so.
2: Well, Craig Lowndes has obviously stolen the line that you would be using after your Indy performance, that, uh, the, the car was good, but the driver was a tosser.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and don't worry. The boys at the workshop have made me remember that day over and over again. Is
2: that why you stayed in Queensland for a whole week after the event? You didn't come back home.
3: Yeah, I was too scared to what the boys at the panel shop would say. They, they, uh, they pre-warned me before I went to India to say, uh, stay off the walls. Did I listen to them?
1: No. <laughs> you, were, you were licking them.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and licking the walls to pieces after they destroyed my car, but anyway.
1: So was the the car relatively straight by the time you did get back to the workshop?
3: Oh, the only straight panel left on the car was the roof. (laughs) And I did get specific instructions to go out there and hit the safety car. Because I'd hit everything else out there, and uh, the safety car was the only thing I didn't hit.
2: Well, there's not too many places you can really, uh, really, really hit things down at Simmons Plains. Well, certainly compared to... uh... Fair to windy. Yeah, to windy. yeah So, mate, looking forward to the um, the New Zealand race. What are your thoughts? Are oh, you, You're looking around for some, some high-profile New Zealand drivers, I understand.
3: Yeah, sort of putting the feelers out there to try and get someone who's, who's got the speed, obviously. And, um, yeah, someone's got a bit of profile behind them. Because, obviously, we've got a fairly quick package. And I try my best to drive as hard as I can in the car. And hopefully we can sort of find another New Zealand driver that's fairly similar in driving sort of ability. And... Hopefully we can come out with the win at Manfield. That'd be nice.
2: So after this weekend, you have one more round of the Commodore Cup series. Yes, on the fourth of December at Eastern Creek. Right, and that's the grand final. So that's where, where final. are you currently in the in the points?
3: I'm running fourth at the moment, about thirty points behind.
2: Is it a is an achievable gap?
3: I think it is. They're, they're now um, well, there be three races for both rounds, so there's this maximum points about 151 points up for grabs at, at each round so if I can sort of grab those and uh, hopefully my other guys don't have a, the best run we should be right.
1: Cool. Um, mate back to the Utes uh, just very quickly um, you've got you're, you're definitely a big chance on the weekend um, is there anything that, that you've done specially to prepare for this weekend that you wouldn't have maybe done otherwise because there's so much on the line?
3: I'm just sort of thinking about at the moment is the last thing well, the last thing I'm thinking about is a championship. Because at the moment every time I try and hop in the car and drive for a championship, I seem to do silly mistakes. So all I'm going to do this weekend is just drive to win the round. Right. If the championship comes with it, so be it. If not, I'd like to try again. <laughs>
2: Fantastic. that's the the, the long haired sausage dog, Russ.
3: <laughs> Russ. So
2: fully getting involved because um, our uh, audio engineer is, is, is testing all the different uh, uh, different nuances of the system here today so we have had to throw the dog in as well and a bowl of chips. Oh beautiful, perfect. <laughs> Alright mate, we'll let you go and we'll um, catch up with you uh, tomorrow at the uh, salubrious Long, uh, Longhorn Hotel.
3: Lovely, that'll be great. We'll have, we'll have a beer together. We will indeed. Did I say beer? No. No. Lemonade.
2: Right. <laughs> right. Now you got yourself in trouble.
1: <laughs> all right, Marcus. I well, I won't see you on the weekend, so good luck, mate. Hope hope all goes well for you.
3: Thanks, guys,
1: and I'll, uh, I'll see you from Okay. Cheers, all buddy. All right, guys. Bye. So. Well, that was uh, Marcus Zakanovic talking about his chances or otherwise for uh, this weekend at Simmons Plains. Um, now Johnny, uh, I have to say while we've just got a little bit of a, a, a gap in the transmissions here when Graham was talking earlier he was uh, he was on about the house and the echoes and blah 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 um, The echoes Yeah, the echoes, the echoes um, You were talking last week about maybe uh, getting a flatmate in or something what, What's happening there? Any, any news? That's very high tech, Johnny the way you've managed to get that microphone
2: wedged in the center of the table out there with the dog's toy
1: now you're just changing the subject here. I have um put my hand up to sort of have a look and see what
2: I like to get someone in and i you know, i just i don't really know whether I wanted to get someone in but so I'll put an ad in the paper and the first thing i um I found that there's a lot of desperate people out there <laughs> and I, the, the, my first candidate desperate and, and homeless and, as opposed to desperate and dateless first candidate was um was 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 had to get out immediately, and so that was you know a bit of a worry, and worked for Optus, and that was another worry. <laughs> and he, he uh, you know he had a glass eye, and so I didn't know where was I was looking at him. T- well, <laughs> I just you know, I, you know I'm looking at people like that, and I can't tell you what's going on. What, what, oh, you want you want some more beer? Mm. Well, leave me some.
1: Yeah, I will. Because you've already special. drunk two, Keith, and I've
2: only got a little bit of VB. There you go.
1: That's all I wanted.
2: So he was a bit too desperate, so I don't think that I'm going to be um and giving him the the go. And I had another phone call from this lady and she was down the road at Sellex Beach and she said, oh, I used to work for Qantas. Anyway, she was a bit bit dulled. But anyway, and then she wanted to come up this way and she said, look, I I, I must tell you that I do a bit of adult remedial massage. And I went, (laughs) I've got a rub and tug specialist on the phone. She said, would that bother you? And I said, well, well, are you going to fit me
1: in? (laughs) (laughs) No. And, and then s- if you are, can you use a young girl's head? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway,
2: this is going to get the explicit tea. No,
1: I, uh, no, I, think, we'll,
2: no, I think we'll just no. escape that. And um, yeah, I just thought, well, geez, that's very, yeah, it a very straightforward thing, and said like she wanted to know whether she could set the business up at home. I could have right, put nice. my said no, they can't do that. So that was a bit desperate. And I had another lady who rang during the afternoon and she rang for her friend who was in the car but you know she was driving so I thought that was very responsible and told her so that she was helping her friend out anyway I just said it was just me here and and the sausage dog and and, and she said oh that's fine and then they turned up ten minutes later and then like squealed to high heaven oh I can't stand dogs (laughs) so I just uh, you know that was a bit of a failure then I had a, a, a bloke who couldn't show his face in public on Monday morning ring up Rob the dentist, but he doesn't like animals, so he's out too. <laughs> and then I've got another bloke who's a real estate guy who actually sounds like a, a good bloke. Came down and drank a whole bottle of... Um of uh, Primo
1: Estate Columbard. Oh, well, so he's not desperate, but he's an alcoholic. <laughs> Isn't everyone from Adelaide? <laughs> All right, well I So it was a bit funny, really... so I've
2: made no decisions, and anyway, <laughs> apply with him. Move him right along. Send
1: an email to John at Hotlap if you need <laughs> somewhere, somewhere to, to live. Don't <laughs> give out my real one. <laughs> I'll give him your mobile. <laughs> uh, okay, what else we got here? <laughs> Oh, I, just, I think on. I mentioned in the intro about uh, talking about uh, the Elfin Streamliner. Um, Peter Brock's actually oh. in the... I got my latest um, edition go. of Motor Magazine this morning, being a subscriber. And uh, I haven't had time to do more than just flick through the pages. But there's one particularly interesting article I made a bit of time while I was woofing my lunch down. What were you having? Where, um, oh, nothing special. again? No, no schnitzels. Um, where Peter Brock actually drives the new Elfin Streamliner and um, Elfin's sort of something for us South Australians that's uh, very uh, dear to our hearts um, because Gary Cooper actually started the Elfin factory in Edwardstown um, going back about 40 years ago Um, the original Streamliner was actually built in 1959 and uh, you know, Gary... uh, Gary's Elfin Sports Car Company um, has made uh, heaps and heaps of vehicles, um, but they've won about 29 championships. Gary passed away, it would have to be, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago now. And I can remember that uh, my my ex-wife, I used to take her Volkswagen down to get serviced at a little workshop in Edwards Town that was two doors down from the Elfin factory. And um, I'd been down there getting it serviced and uh, you, Elfin was still there as, as as it was back in those days. Um, and at that stage, I think they were still sorting out Gary Cooper's estate and everything else. And uh, it hung on for a little while, but and there was an interesting article in the, at the time, and I believe that it was in Wheels Magazine. And they actually went down to the factory, gave the history of Elfin and um, and, and took photos within the factory and everything else before it was all sold off and I think it's actually a panel repair shop now. But um, these guys in Melbourne, whose names escape me totally at the moment, um, have, have bought the Elfin name um, and the history uh, sort of goes with it. And for those of you who've been to any of the major V8 races this year and been to the Holden stand, you've probably seen the uh, Elfin Streamliner on the on the Holden stand. I know they had a beautiful red one uh, at Clipsil 500.
2: And we had and one running that Cameron McConnell was driving at M- Mount Buller sprint. That's right. He was sort of doing prototype testing. And good. anyway
1: so so if you want an interesting read, uh, PB actually drives uh, the current model in Motor Magazine. Um, there's a few interesting bits and pieces like apparently the brakes are really hard and uh, since the test drives that, that were done for Motor They've actually put a bit of power assistance on the brakes and a bit of power assistance on the steering. So, uh, interesting article. How is your ex-wife anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Do you care? Uh,
2: marginally. <laughs> You're just saying that in case she happens to listen to <laughs> <That's> this. right. <laughs> What's the chances?
1: <laughs> very, very brief, I would suggest.
2: <laughs> Let's try and get
1: yeah, see, Jack see, the Jack Hustler. Back, back off the phone and on the phone.
2: You keep blabbing away until I come up with some.
1: Okay, well, while I'm blabbing, then I'll, I'll say um, when well, you were talking about Mark Weber in Simmons Plains. Oh, and um, oh, there he is. He's going to get him now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we won't. Has he given up?
2: He's. It'll be a sale. He'll be down the Newport Arms having beers.
1: How hard is that? That's amazing. Ringing once, engaged. Ringing a second time.
2: Well, speaking Gets of ringing.
1: engaged,
2: he was walking around with his girlfriend. She was pushing a pram with no children in it at Circus. So, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's going on there? <laughs> He's hopeless.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, dear. All right. Anyway, to get well, to get back to my little story, we were talking about. Excuse me, Mark Weber going to Sim, Simmons Place this weekend and attending the Ferrodo Triple Challenge. Apparently, he's also going to be a guest in the commentary box. Now, the other interesting bit of news this week is that Nico Rosberg, son of Kiki, inaugural winner of the uh, first Australian Formula One Grand Prix held here in Adelaide. The
2: bloke, is going who, won to Williams, a world,
1: bloke who won a world championship without actually winning a race. Uh, is, is, that's the same one. Um, <laughs> is going to Williams next year. So he will actually be uh, Mark Webber's teammate. Apparently uh, Nico's been going very well over in Europe and uh, Frank Williams has picked him up as he uh, as he looked after his old man. Well, you'd have to read a bit into that, wouldn't you? Well, you would presume that there would have been a little bit of, uh, you know, calling in favours or whatever on KK's behalf, I would presume. Absolutely. But nevertheless. Um, and one other thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, again, with a bit of a South Australian bent, sorry for those of you in the eastern states who are listening, um, I see that they're actually going to uh, produce a, a tele movie or a mini-series based on Donald Campbell's world record attempt on Lake Eyre here in South Australia back on the 17th of July 1964. Um, obviously it's not going to be centred around that, that date. Uh, there's going to be a lot of background into uh, Donald Campbell, I think it's Sir Donald Campbell if I remember correctly before he croaked it. Um, a bit about uh, the fact that he used to try and break water speed records as well, which is how he died. Um, but uh, certainly on, uh, on Lake Eyre, up, up in the north of the state here, on the 17th of July 1964, he hit the amazing speed of 403.1 miles an hour in the Bluebird. In miles an hour? Yep, <laughs> in miles an hour and that was before the advent of jet cars so uh, I think jet cars were actually allowed the following year and his record got knocked off 15 times within about a two year period but certainly for a, um, a, a petrol or an internal combustion powered uh, vehicle we certainly did an incredible job He did! Dogs are in! Dogs are out! What is <laughs> it? Dogs. <laughs> oh, nah,
2: dogs, fully, dogs? Fully busy just, you know, dogs. just humming around well, what have you got to tell me? I've not got much to say. i will i told you—I looked last week. I've had my head down, bum <laughs> up, working on putting the Clips of 500 website together for the launch next week. And he's grumpy,
1: everybody. I have oh, to tell you. I, I was I'm trying bit... to eye-chat him earlier today. I'm like, "Go away, I'm busy." Oh, I am uh... busy.
2: And I have been working night and day. And um, but then again, you know, it's a—if I didn't have the work, I'd—I'd I'd be spewing, I suppose. So well, it is it. a bit unfortunate that it is going to be right there on the in the um, right there in the. Um, smack bang in the middle of classic adelaide which is and we sort of previewed that last week but because no
1: one could actually hear what was going you on I mean the launch of the launch of clips, launch 500 of, clips of 500 is right is on the f- friday of the classic adelaide yeah that's very unfortunate it is very unfortunate
2: and we will be having a very large night out in guja street on the uh, on that the Friday, Friday night, that same Friday night with uh, Mark Brian and Mick Pinder uh, from ProDrive. and and, uh, and uh, yes, Glen Glen Row importer code <laughs> from GC Racing. He'll be over here um, uh, sloping down a few a uh, few tonics, and that should be fun. Uh, what do I got? Um, oh, bit of interesting news. I I don't know if anybody really knew this, but up at uh, Surfers, um, Alan Simonson's trophy got stolen. Um, well,
1: how, how did he well, get started? Ra- yeah. Now, <coughs> Simonson had the round win, didn't he? He had the round win, and right. he had the big trophy. So he was second on the final, race, second final he, race. he got enough up to actually... To, to get, the, to get yep. the big one. Um, and uh,
2: it was a big trophy, and he put it in the, the seat of his race car. And it, um, it miraculously disappeared and ended up in the bar at the GCI Hotel um, in the hands of the team boss Ian McAllister, who was no doubt... Um, taking a bit of um, team glory for that but the euphoria was such that it disappeared mm. and even funnier than that it's just turned up in Sydney um, we can't actually say where but it's there's a bit of a connection and it's very three degrees or possibly even two degrees of separation and um, let's just say that some people
1: might be re-evaluating now how we're their not friends talking, are we're not talking two degrees of separation from uh, Alan Simonson here are we?
2: No, we're not. We're actually oh. talking a bit of maybe one of the other Cooper's teammates. But look, ah. I think we'll let, have to let them unravel that story over the weekend. But let's just say that it has been uh, uh, been recovered, but we haven't told McAllister yet, and right. we're not going to because Glenn Cooper wasn't happy about that and has made... Uh, made um, uh, Macca come up with a new one because when Alan uh, rang me on and, and said, I'm at the police station and I said, what are you doing down there? And he goes, Macca made my trophy lost. <laughs> I mean, don't you love those scanners? <laughs> Macca made my trophy lost. <laughs> Stolen, whatever. So, <laughs> so anyway, it's turned up. So, um,
1: well, so that's, that's big news that you heard first here on Radio Hotlap. And, uh, no <laughs> doubt, <laughs> not that you knew it was gone. No doubt John will do the follow-up story to that next week when, when everybody's back from Tasmania.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: we've got a gala beer out of We've got a gala night on the on
2: the Sunday, and I've I've been <laughs> enlisted to put the presentation together. Fancy that!
1: <laughs> not that I got anything else to do. No, but, no, of course not. No, not with the uh, eclipse launch and everything else. Now, on that subject, while I think about the eclipse launch, yes. Um, the week after. Maybe we should try and get somebody from the C500 office on to talk about the program for well, next year. And well, that's right. Know. We might
2: try and get Mark, Mike Druer, to come yep, along.
1: That'd be good.
2: Um, and and have a bit of a, a bit of a chin wag. And we're also inviting um, um, Kim Rogers from AV Central to come along. Who's a friend of yours, John? Yep. He uh, very much uh, is, is right in the high end of, of, of video production.
1: Yeah, he actually we actually invited him to come along tonight, but he's giving a talk to the Australian Cinematographers Association. Overs, over, overly, overly self-important. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Kim's really good on, for all of you people out there who take a lot of uh, home video or into video editing and all that sort of stuff. Well, who is Kim's, Kim's right up there with all the very latest and greatest from Sony and all the other brands. So... Uh, He'll be an interesting speak on our techo section either next week or the, probably the week after next, I would say. Yes. Okay. We're going to try and get uh, oh, we'll give Jack go. one last call just to see whether we can get him. Well, if we can't get Jack.
2: Who will we get? Hang on a sec. Radio Hotlap.
4: lap.
2: Hello,
1: radio hot lap. <laughs> it's Mr. Ryan. Mr. O'Ryan. Are you back in the UK or are you still in Mexico? Uh,
0: no, no, have uh, have uh, departed the Mexican shores and uh, now back in the UK.
1: So you're off the coronas and back on the ruddles. Uh, oh, ruttles. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> you give me the stories of your misspent youth, Mister uh, Mister
1: As if I would.
2: <laughs> well, uh, Mister Team Australia, give us a, a high altitude report.
0: Funny you say that about the high altitude report, and the uh, um, you actually do you actually do notice it, and uh, in the ongoing uh, in the ongoing battle to uh, to fight the flab, I kind of hit the gym uh, bright early a couple of mornings when the body was still on the still on UK time, and you know five minutes on the treadmill at high altitude, and you start to go, what the heck's wrong
1: with me? And, well, I thought if you, you were you, off, off last really had to go difference. to the gym quickly yeah, and then think, back think on think it again. So what was that? <laughs> I said I thought you were off of iChat very quickly saying I'm going to the gym and then suddenly you were back there again very rapidly
0: uh, <laughs> yes it is a worry in fact it does t- it does have an impact on the cars as well you actually can lose about twenty five percent downforce and um, uh, it's not so it's not so bad for a turbo car that the uh, that the champ cars are but for a series like Grand Am and so forth where you' got a normally aspirated uh, engine it does uh, it does have a bit of an impact on your horsepower output as well so
2: so were you just filling in uh, again for our Team Australia when when they uh, needed the expert services?
0: Well, between between myself and crusher it's uh, it's obviously uh, it's a bit hard for him to uh, uh, you know to to pack his bags and fly across for fly across for all the races. So we we'll kind of split those over the course of the year, over the course of the year and a find us. of uh, He's had a number of clashes with the supercars, which makes it uh, makes it a bit a bit tough to do both. But uh, no, it was good. Uh, it, was, it was a good event. You know, the Mexicans are fairly uh, fairly manic about uh, uh, about about their motorsport, and they kind of turned up in their turned up in their thousands. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the second time I've been down to that uh, to that race, and uh, yeah, it uh, it really is good.
2: You were down there last year with uh, the Corona Rally, I believe.
0: No, uh, two. Oh, no, it was last year. Yeah, it was yeah. last year in. Um,
2: Sent me that scungy
4: hat.
0: Yes, just worked out. Uh, just worked out <laughs> my sixth trip to Mexico. So um, yeah, it's a good part. It, it, it's a good part of the world. It's certainly not. Um, uh, it's, it's very interesting. It gives you a, um, uh, a renewed appreciation for, uh, for modern society to get a bit of a look at how. Um, yeah, you wouldn't exactly call it a third world country, but it's not. Um, Two point five.
2: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's probably about it. about 2.5. <laughs> were you down there with the doing something with the Mustang program and Gunner as well?
0: Uh, no, a few years ago we did. Um, they were going to have an ALMS race <laughs> a few years back, and uh, we went down there for, back in the panel days for a, uh, a couple of, for a launch and then a demo of the Champ Car race and, and a meeting. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, the ALMS race never came.
2: But this come was, and far. this at the at the wonderful track that um, uh, Ron. Um, Ron, Ron, Ron Dixon, it, Ron Dixon, Dixon, our old Dixon. friend from the from surfers, uh, the uh, the original surfers, IndyCar track designer. Yep, yeah, Ron Dixon, built
3: the place, and um,
2: whose son uh, worked for <laughs> me, and I had to fire him, and his mother hated me. But that's anyway, right. that's another that. story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's at, where's he at? Foresight. Uh, oh, it's yes, a small that's like, one. He was actually kind of pretty
0: heavily involved with the um, uh, with the proposed Champ Car racing career as well, but uh, uh, unfortunately, that event has been kind of fraught.
1: No, that'll always (laughs) be a bit of a problem. His wife would have stepped in. Unless
0: you're working for Radio Hotlap, And
1: and no doubt the Korean government (laughs) wanted Daewoo's to be able to qualify. Well,
0: maybe so. Maybe so. Yes, the uh, Daewoo's and Hyundai's and all that kind
2: of stuff, sir. So what's Goss, mate?
1: Because I mean, if he was rumoured to be wanting to take a sabbatical or whatever, I mean, a change is as good as a holiday. Um, obviously, Red Bull have got plenty of money. Um, you think he just decided, well, stuff the sabbatical. I'll uh, go and try and make a name for myself somewhere else.
3: Well, you know, I can see the.
0: Um, I could I could see where it would be something uh, quite an interesting project to actually kind of take a, a mid-rung mid-rung Formula One team and try and take it to the top of the pile um, you know McLaren obviously have got a very very fast car and I think we will probably start favourites for favorites for, next next year's, year. for next year's championship and if they do happen to win next year's championship it will be uh, you know he would have had a lot of influence on that he won't actually leave McLaren until February next year which is going to be way too late to have an impact on next year's red bull car sure. but the 2007 red bull car will certainly have uh, um, you know or his hands all over it so it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they progress you know red bull have come in this year and and you know probably surprised a few people with their progress and now they've become a pretty major player you know they've bought minardi so they now have two formula one teams and you know they are go- i think they are probably moving in the right direction to be kind of a force to be reckoned with
2: they would. Uh, it would be Mark Webber who'd be the most surprised after the very first race at Melbourne at the beginning of the year, where he just spent the whole race behind uh, Coulthard. Mm. Yeah. You, oh, of course, it
0: being the ex-Jaguar team.
2: Yeah, um, it would have been a real, real, real homing Yeah.
0: Thing. Yeah. Red Bull kind of stepped up to the mark, and kind of Williams kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, they stood Lost still. Lost their way. That, that's probably the best way to put it. And if you stand still in Formula One, you go backwards. So, you know, it's a very kind of tricky, uh, tricky scenario. I think Williams will probably bounce back. Next year, I think Cosworth will come out with a very, very good engine. Of course, you've got the new uh, V8 engines coming in next year, and Cosworth have a you know, significant amount of experience in that. In the long run, having a privateer engine, you're going to, you're really going to suffer, uh, suffer financially. But I think for next year, um, Williams should be able to make, should be able to make a bit of an, a, bit of an impact. Nico Rosberg, Keki Rosberg, saying there's going to be Webber's teammate next year. Um, and He's going to be kind of a young buck, but going to have um, uh, I, I think should, should go reasonably well but yeah f- from Weber's perspective he he probably needs a really good result next year to otherwise you know there is a possibility that he could kind of you know, pretty much going to fade off the scene kind of pretty quickly um, you know if the Williams thing kind of goes a little bit upside down
1: mm. well we might what look- oh Sorry, we spoke about uh, Nico Rosberg going there uh, earlier on in the program, actually, Paul, and um, and becoming Webber's teammate. And, uh, you know, being the son of uh, Kiki and his history with Williams, uh, is there any goss there that we need to know about, you know, how he got into the team so easily?
0: Well, you know, he, may, he was the youngest
1: guy ever to drive
0: a Formula One car at 17 or something or other. He's. Uh, uh, won the GP2 championship this year, he has got there on merit, just because, just not because he's Kiki Ro, Kiki Rosberg's son. Um, certainly a very, very talented guy. And look, I, I think you'll go. I think you'll go. Well, um, Antonio Pizzonia, who uh, was the, the other guy, kind of in line for the seat, and he kind of filled in at the end, end of the year when Nick Heidfeld had his um, had his injury, where he got to bundled off his bundled off his push bike, um, and then kind of fell out of favor. I think you know, they, because he was going off the, the the new BMW team, which was the ex ex Salva squad. Um, you know, they kinda of figured, well, there's not much point in kind of putting him in the car, we better give um, uh, Jungle Boy a bit of a run and you know, he really didn't kinda of step up to the mark. He, he's quite quick, but you know, quick just doesn't cut it anymore. You've got to be very quick and you've gotta have the whole you've got to have the whole package around you. You've got to be able to Deal, deal with the sponsors, deal with the media um, you know, there is more to being a Formula 1 driver these days
2: than just uh, uh, than, than just being fast Paul you might uh, be I'd be aware, I'm sure you would be that uh, A1GP has been run here in uh, Sydney on the weekend and um, whilst I didn't go up there for it it uh, seems to have been well received also um, interesting to note that uh, and this is a uh, be taking him back a, a, a bit, and where we <laughs> the two of us actually had to do a bit of dangerous driving um, around the uh, Homebush uh, Entertainment uh, Complex, which was um, used for the Olympics. That that the, the government has already stepped in the last few days and said, um, "Look, I think we want to run this around Homebush Bay. Have you got any ideas about it?" Well, I thought, actually, well, "Well, actually, we've got a
3: uh, we've got a little video that'll show them exactly." We where do,
2: could, and we can actually show where them. They could run a circuit, really. Couldn't That's we? right. We show them where the, where the Green Tree Frog sits. And and they can buy, move that around, that. But it's also interesting to note. And I mean, here we are, shades of, shades of the of the past. Dejo, that the uh, Yes, that the uh, that the executive global um, event manager for track design um, is none other than our friend Ron Dixon. There you go.
0: There you go. They still keep turning up like bad pennies, really, no. no. Um No, I think it would be. Uh, I think it would be good. The the interesting thing to come out of uh, come out of last weekend is the you know, pretty horrific shot. In, yeah, if anyone has been to, to Autosport.com or, or Crash.net, seen the uh, uh, the photos of poor, uh, uh, poor Shimoda the the Japanese driver who uh, yes. broke, broke on, the car and two broke the roll hoop off. Very very lucky boy.
1: There's the, an incredible uh, the shot of it on the thing front of that, Auto Fiction, actually.
0: Yeah. The the, the the interesting thing is that he's off to um, uh, he's off to Turkey this weekend for the final round of the Le Mans Endurance Series, where. He is actually leading the championship at the moment in the in the Zytec. and um, those boys were considerably worried when they saw their boy kind of you know, strapped in upside down with a car broken and half with the roll hoop missing off it, and uh, this is their big chance to uh, to win the series over here. You yeah. so they were a, a trifle
2: concerned. And isn't he teaming up um, in uh, in the Zytec with your best mate?
0: My best mate. Well, he's driving with uh, he's driving with, with Tom Chilton who. Um, I've never actually kind of met the kid, but certainly when you look at, um, it blew the blood, the you think. Of, uh, you look at all the media reports. He certainly kind of, um, he's certainly not short of confidence. Um, as a young buck with certainly not backwards and coming forwards with having something to say about uh, his rivals either. And uh, Sh- Shimoda actually kind of a young kid. He's got quite a bit of um, quite a bit of talent. He goes very very well in the, in the sports car world, but obviously kind of. Breaking it uh, breaking an A1GP car in half doesn't do his
2: confidence a lot of good. Well, Delara would be able to look at their, their their building process, wouldn't they? They'd have to be thinking that's a bit that's a bit 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 hard. I mean, yeah,
0: Dallara could, Dallara could, but it's probably better that Lola did it because they actually built the car.
2: But um, well, there you go. <laughs> that's why we're ringing you up, but well, you're ringing us up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we
0: know well, a supposed expert opinion. I mean, you know they say about you know an expert.
2: let just so much There's too many categories, boys. all all too complex. Too complex. <laughs> complex. Right, eh? Well, um, we're off to Tassie tomorrow, so uh, that's uh, oh, very goodly. The beautiful uh, downtown Simmons Plains. That's the one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Have, you, have
2: you
1: been down there before? No, I haven't
2: actually, and I'm staying at the the Longford Country Club, which is on the old Grand Prix oh, track. Longford, yeah, oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. So it should be should be very nice. We're yeah, it's going, going to be uh, going to
0: be an interesting weekend. Of course, the other uh, you know for, for the big event down. Uh, down uh, the home part of the world is, is of course um, the WRC round in, uh, in Perth as well. Uh, young Chris Hackinson and the Subaru, are going to be keeping uh, pretty close on his his progress, and hopefully he can end up with a with a good result on good result
1: result on home soil. Well, we'd like to think so.
2: And you'll be um, you'll be down here um, in uh, not so long, about a month. We'll be off yeah, the Jasmine's of for the
1: uh,
0: uh, 11th of December the right. annual feast. I, I return, so we will be. Looking forward to sharing a beer and doing a, doing a radio hot lap live when
2: we're down there. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be um, spending a night at Jasmine's, no doubt. Not actually talking, but just uh, scoffing food with a bottle of <laughs> rosé from uh, Rosé Sally.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll look forward to that. But I'm sure we'll talk to you again before then. Th- good, guys. All right. Thank you, Paul. And we'll speak okay. to you shortly. Thanks, Cheers, Paul. Bye. Bye. Well, no, that I just don't. about
2: wraps it up because I'm going to I don't say. think
1: we can get to Jack's, and well, we've tried twice, and Jack's. we've tried again. I've and got a bottle of Jack's, but I have got any cake. No, not Jack's, Jack's, Jack good. So, uh, well, yeah, I Holara. guess that's probably it. We'll, uh, maybe you'll just have to get hold of Jack on the weekend, and um, we'll tee him up for uh, the post post uh, round post. Uh, yes,
2: we'll be busy next week. Uh, we will be very busy with the the. Um, the, the the Fools of Classic Adelaide will be joining us. It'll probably be quite a noisy affair. And I'll just stand back and let them make all the mistakes. So thanks again. Thanks, JP. No worries. Thank you, Johnny. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to episode four of Radio Episode
1: Hot- five of Radio Lab.
2: Well, it's actually called four. because no, we last week's was called four. No, I renamed it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so because it had jumped from two and a half. No, turn to three. And <laughs> this, this is four. Yes, it could be five anyway. Whatever. Whatever it goes up, that's what it is. Okay, and you can tell
1: now that it's totally unedited. We will have the website up next week because we did something wrong and we have run out of time. And John's been too busy on the Clipsal 500 site anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and being grumpy. And the dogs. And the dogs. All right, see you, viewers. Okay, see ya.